On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Jade Alicia, and you're listening to The Hook Rocks, hosted by Jay Scott. Welcome back to another episode of The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Thank you again for tuning in and listening. Hope everyone is doing well. Spring is uh, officially upon us here or getting close to it. And the weather's warming up. So a little sprinkle of winter here and there uh, as spring fights for its existence uh, and winter does end. But thank you for tuning in. Once again, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Great network of music-related podcasts, something for every genre, for any, everyone's taste is available on Pantheon Podcast. I always mention some familiar names that are friends of mine and have done the show, like Carmen Apice, Vinny Apice, and Ron and Esty on the Hanging and Banging Podcast, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Martin Popoff, the Rock Historian, and Tom and Zeus, the number one rated Shout It Out Loudcast podcast. So check those out and more. You can follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Pantheon Pods, as well as you can follow the Hook Rocks wherever you do podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. We're available on every platform, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search up the Hook Rocks. Don't forget to check out some great episodes we've done over the last few weeks. We just had Gil Moore from Triumph talking the new documentary, Rock and Roll Machine by Banger Films. We've had some great new music spotlights with Fortune Child, as well as South of Eden, Scarlet Rebels, and Naked Gypsy Queens. So, so check out those episodes as well. And always uh, down for some great music commentary. We've had some great discussions about the future of streaming services. We've talked about the kind of the background of vinyl, cassette, and streaming and where and compact disc and where the market share is going for all of that as well as our live album review, Rockin' the Fillmore, with our friend Robin the Hood, who we discussed uh, the great live album that was really the catalyst for all the great live albums in the 70s. So check out all those and more. And we've got a great episode for you today, um, an episode that I've been looking forward to here for few weeks now and we're finally getting it done we're finally talking with the man ty tabber from king's x and his new album shades what's going on ty how are you i'm doing great thanks for having me appreciate it awesome great to have you on uh we're going to talk the new record here in a bit but we always start the same way every time we have a first time guest and that's really the 
essence of the show. We always ask the same question to everyone who appears on the show for the first time, and that is what we're all about. Just like every rock song that has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Uh, for me, it was the Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Um when I was a little child, when I heard that single, and I think that's probably the most important thing that solidified my future. Because <laughs> I think from that moment forward, I didn't really have a doubt what it was I was going to do in life. And uh, so I grew up with the dream of uh, playing music for a living since the first time I heard I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. It's such an important moment in rock history, not only just because it changed the direction of music, but you're not the first person who's mentioned the Beatles as being influential. They either say, I want to hold your hand, or they talk about the Ed Sullivan show. And it was such a monumental moment that shifted where the direction of music had influenced so many uh, young people at the time that wanted to get into rock and roll. Because, you know, who doesn't want to get into rock and roll when there's thousands of screaming girls, um, you know, looking at this band and playing the instruments? Well, you know, for me, it honestly wasn't that. Um, I've always shied away from that side of things. I'm not comfortable with uh, a lot of attention, and I get nervous going out in front of a lot of people, even having done this for over 40 years. Uh, so for me, it, it was not your typical, I want to be famous and have chicks and stuff. It was because I loved the music so much when I heard I Want to Hold Your Hand, it it changed my life. I mean, it changed everything for me. The only thing I wanted to hear from then on was whatever the next Beatles single was. And, uh, and it was, it was strictly about the music. Plus I was so young. Chicks weren't, you know, even a part of the equation. I was just uh, a little child and I fell so in love with what I was hearing that I just had to do that. And it's always been that side of it for me. I've never really cared about the the other parts of it and attention. Uh, I usually shy away from attention and am the one who stays on the bus. <laughs> what was it about that song that changed everything for you? I don't know exactly other than it sounded different than anything I'd ever heard. And I know that it struck something in my soul. It just struck something in my heart. I fell in love with it. I mean, I don't know any other way to put it completely fell in love with the sound of of what I was hearing and those voices. I remember just really thinking everything the Beatles did with their voices and all the sounds on the guitars were just magic to me. And I had no idea, you know, I was way too young to uh, analyze any of it. It was just hitting me purely, you know, when I was young, just hit me in a pure way. And it was just different than everything else. And I knew it was different than everything else. And it was what I wanted to hear. Nothing else really made me feel that way. And I recognized that the first second I heard the Beatles. It's amazing, too, how aware they were of their music in terms of evolving. You, know, you look at those Beatles records and, you know, from the first record to the last record and everything in between, they were constantly chasing something and they were constantly stretching themselves and you know you can kind of apply that same 
point of view with your music. I mean, with all your solo albums and, you know, the way, you know, your style is, there's always something different on those albums. Is is that picked up from that influence of the Beatles trying to always do something different and change? I'm sure that's in there. Um, along with anybody else, you know, uh, during my life growing up that eventually became a huge influence. Um, I'm sure that's all in there. It probably all adds up to what makes me be who, who I am or how I see things. Uh, so, I mean, because I was so deeply uh, moved by and into the Beatles, uh, it has to be a part of my makeup. Um, whether I think about that consciously or not is another thing. I don't really think about that, but I'm sure it, it's in there because I am driven to experiment. I'm driven to try something new each time, something new. You know, it doesn't all have to be new, but I just want to keep stretching somewhere. And that is what I loved about the Beatles, not only the Beatles, but a lot of other bands after them that that took that kind of philosophy and developed over their careers. As far as your journey in rock and roll, you talk about, I want to hold your hand. You talk about the Beatles. Was that also the first moment you wanted to play an instrument or was there something that drove you towards picking up a guitar? I think guitar was just always going to be what it was, what it was because I was born into guitar. My dad played guitar and as a child, he would play and sing to me and he taught me how to sing my first harmony along with him when I was like, I don't know, really, really young. So I think guitar was just the assumed instrument because it was the instrument in my house that I grew up with. As far as influences on guitar, with you know, who are some of the players that you really connected with, with how they played, with their tone and, and their style? Well, I'm heavily into Brian May. He's, you know, there's, there's just no one that sounds anything like him. He's got totally his own feel and sound and style. And I absolutely love everything he does. If he holds one note, it's still uh, amazingly beautiful and better than most people playing a bunch of licks. And that's uh, what I'm drawn to. Somebody who's just got the unique style and feel of their own expression like that. I think Robin Trower was somebody else that affected me that way. Believe it or not, Ace Freely, when I was young, struck me as super melodic lead soloist, and I, I really liked him, too. Johnny Winter was a big influence. By the time I heard Alan Holsworth, that, that completely uh, just almost made me want to quit playing. It, it totally messed me up, but it also opened my mind to whole new possi- other possibilities on guitar. So Alan Holsworth was huge impact uh, from the moment I first heard him. Phil Keggy, I have I have always really enjoyed hearing him play. Um, those are probably a, a lot of the main ones. I'm sure I'm forgetting some people, but those are some of the main ones. You know, Alan Holdsworth, you know, people do make that connection with Eddie Van Halen, has always mentioned him as a major influence. Was it the complexity of his playing that made you almost want to quit? wasn't necessarily the complexity as much as just the different universe he was coming from and and what he was expressing was something I would have never thought of. It was just new thought. I mean, the same old instrument that we've heard, you know, countless thousands of guitarists play, 
uh, including Eddie, Eddie Van Halen, as great as he is, he he did. No one expresses themselves like Alan Holdsworth did. He's one of a kind. He just came from a different world view uh, in his. I mean, I have no idea where his sonic muse comes from because it's so different than anyone else. I don't even know what to compare it to. Everyone of all the rest of us are just trying to understand it and copy him as best we can, including Van Halen. You know. It's uh, it's funny you mentioned Ace Freely because when I asked that question, you know, what hooked you in rock and roll? I get a lot of Beatles and I get a lot of Kiss. And there's other, obviously, answers too as well. But those are really the majority of, you know, the response. You know, there's a generation that was really impacted by the Beatles. And then there was a generation that saw Kiss on tour in the 70s. And saw, especially guitar players, seeing that guitar fly in the air smoking that really captivated people too, as well. It's interesting dynamic and how that question is answered and how those two names come up frequently. Yeah. And for me, it really had nothing to do with the stage antics. It had nothing to do with the show. Um, it had to do what was laid down on the albums, uh, the, the, the solos. I mean, I remember when new kiss music would come out. Um, like I remember the first time I heard shock me, it came on the radio uh, before I even had a chance to get the album. And it was the brand new song from Kiss. And they played an Ace song. And I just remember being floored by that. And then the solo hit and just thinking it was one of the greatest uh, rock solos ever that I had ever heard. I just thought it was just perfect. I mean, not technically extremely difficult, just the perfect notes the perfect style he played everything that should have been played on that solo perfectly and so i'm i was just driven by uh you know that simple the simple side of it the 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 playing the music and uh it really had nothing to do with their bigger than life stage stuff i mean i enjoyed and loved that too but that that the reason i listened to ace uh i mean when i fell in love to his with his playing i'd never seen kiss so i didn't even really know what all that was about uh, when I started really digging his playing. And then of course I got to see him live more than once, even did a kiss tour here a couple of years ago, uh, kiss uh, cruise. I mean, and uh, have had uh, the very lucky chance to get to, to uh, talk to Gene Simmons several times and on the phone a couple of times where we talked one time I talked to him for hours on the phone. And I, I remembered the whole time it was just so surreal that I'm on the phone with, with him for that long just you know talking about whatever and it was very very interesting conversation i've i've told a few people about it and they die laughing but uh it was it was interesting to get to be on the phone with him at all but just how those worlds suddenly come together and uh, i've been in the i've gotten to go into their dressing room and go through all of ace's outfits and stuff one time that was pretty cool did he talk to you about about what it takes to get a King's X coffin? <laughs> he may have. It's <laughs> like this is what you got to do. <laughs> we definitely talked about money. I mean, that's he loves talking about money. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, you know, you mentioned something too about all the guitar players that you um that really influenced you the main guys i have a i have a 17 year old son and i and i've heard him try to learn that song shock me 
and that guitar solo and it all a guitar solo always trips them up it's 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 not as easy as people think when they uh when they try to play it but especially when, if you try to put in all the little bends and style that he does with those notes it it really ups the game on that yeah, solo ab- absolutely his vibrato is is something else you know yes yeah. um but you know guitar in itself the instrument when you look at it, it, it's very limited. You know, it has only a certain number of notes. It only has, you know, you know, six strings on an electric guitar. And what I always find amazing about guitar players is how everyone can get their own unique sound out of it. Um, were you more of someone who was chasing tone or was it more about the riff for you or a combination? What was what really attracted you to about the imp- in- instrument and what made you kind of keep going with playing? I've always been uh, very, very interested in tone and in style. Um, to me, someone's touch is uh, more important than the, you know, whatever the lick is. And uh, you got to have good tone to deliver good style, I think, or or it's hard to to uh, recognize the style if it's being if it's coming through horrible tone. So I think that the two together have always been uh, synonymous. I mean, Brian May, you think of tone and style both equally. Uh, same with Robin Trower, same with Johnny Winter, same with everybody I named, really. Uh, Alan Holsworth. They're about tone and individual style, and they, they're both equal. I don't think you can uh, deliver one without the other as well. The new album is Shades on Rat Pack Records, released earlier this March, March 4th. Um, it is your 11th studio album. And as you created this, you know, the, these mu- the music on this album, where did you know, where did you start? Where did you begin with this process for this album? Um, well, it started actually just kind of accidentally. Uh, 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 way back in, well, in 2019, uh, King's X went in to start, you know, beginning phases of working on a new album. So right before we went in, I wrote a bunch of music. And uh, some of that ended up on the record. Some of it didn't. And I had a few songs sitting there. And uh, we were uh, we we worked all year, and then toward the end of uh, August, end of August or so, uh, we uh, finished the main recording of the record out in L.A. And we were supposed to go on tour in September in Europe, and uh, had a mega tour uh, lined up. And I got a call from my mom saying, "You need to go ahead and come home. Your dad's not doing well." So we ended up canceling the whole rest of the year. I went home and stayed there until December when my dad passed. And so coming out of that, uh, we had a bunch of touring lined up for the coming year in 2020. And we went uh, and did one show in Florida and one cruise in February, February 2020. And then we came home and that was when everything started shutting down and the talk of shutdowns and stuff for COVID. And so all of a sudden, all my plans were changed. Uh, I had a few songs sitting around that, you know, from the King's X thing. Um, and I had nothing but time on my hands all of a sudden because we weren't going to be touring 
uh, probably the whole year is the way you know it seemed to me at the time. So, which turned into much longer than that. But anyway, because I was just sitting there with a few songs, that's kind of how where it started. And I thought, well, I should uh, make use of this time and do a new album. And I had a lot I was going through and dealing with that after all that experience with my dad. So the first two couple of songs I wrote were really based on that. Um, and then I just kept writing and, until I had an album. But it was it all sort of it just sort of fell in my lap and wasn't planned ahead of time it just you know the way the world worked out and i went for it you know playing each of the instruments on the album and you know having a lot going on in your personal life and also you know reflecting on what's happening in the world how much of all that drove the tone drove the emotion and the mood of the album Oh, I know that I was feeling super heavy hearted after those several months at home. Um, first of all, it's the first time I spent that much time in Mississippi since I was a young kid. And uh, definitely the most time I'd spent around my family since I lived at home when I was a kid. So the whole thing was uh, a, a unique uh, experience of being hurtled back into another world you come from that you haven't been in in so long that you forget what it's really like to live there. And uh, so that the whole experience was bizarre and heavy and, and wonderful all at the same time. So I had all those feelings going into writing and, uh, and I guess that just kind of naturally comes out whenever you're, when you've got a lot of stuff inside uh, because writing music is like therapy and it, it just, whatever comes out, comes out and it helps you deal with it. How much did this album help you navigate through all these situations? I mean, you know, being creative when things are heavy, um, it can be challenging, but it can also be a, a welcome relief to that. Yeah, I think it was pretty rewarding for me, but at the same time, it was very painful and so personal that, I was so close to it that I was doubting myself as to whether I should even put it out. And um, I talked to Joe at Rat Pack about that. And the record was actually ready to go much earlier. But I told him, stop, don't put it out. Because I may take several songs off and put a whole new set of songs on and make it a different album altogether. So... We, we canceled the release plans for several months while I thought about that and wrote some other stuff. And then I finally uh, I found out that Doug had heard the album as is, uh, you know, before I did any changes to it. And he he loved it. And he, he thought it was one of the best things I'd done in a while. And I think that because I was just struggling so hard with it, being too close to it, that that helped me make a decision to just say, oh, screw it, just put it out. You know, people will either hate it or love it and and we'll move on. <laughs> so I very timidly uh, decided to put it out and I did not expect the type of reactions that uh, I've been getting for it at all. It, it was the opposite of what I, I expected people to be scratching their heads on this one. And instead, I'm getting some of the most encouragement I've gotten of anything I've ever done, which is just an amazing surprise. Well, you know, isn't it about you know, connecting with people. Right. And, and I think when people feel emotion, um, 
and an artist trying to navigate through a difficult period, because we've all gone through those periods, especially the last few years, um, I think it does connect with people. And I think that's why it resonates with so many when, when someone does have a story to tell either through lyrics or through the mood of, of the music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my lady keeps telling me that same thing. I, I keeps, I tell, I keep telling her, I just don't understand uh, why people like this one. And, uh, and she says exactly the same thing. She says, it's just the emotional connection with, with, you know, the, the pain in the songs. So I just have to trust that that it is what it is. I was too close to it. Like I said, I'm just thankful that people like it. Is it difficult for you to hear now months later after it's been completed? I mean, you know, you, you talk about all those things that were happening. I mean, this is more or less like a diary, a timestamp of your life. Um, is it, does it feel different now hearing it or, you know, then when you were recording it, what's that like for you? Yeah, I think I can, uh, I think I can listen to it without as much of uh, the baggage that I was feeling while writing it. I can, I can just kind of listen to it for what it is now, but I couldn't do that for a while. Like I said, this album has been finished for quite some time over a year and, uh, or, or yeah, uh, around a year or so it's been finished for the most part. And, um, so for the large majority of that time, I have not been able to listen to it. And that's why I was questioning whether I should put it out at all. And, but now, you know, a year later and a little further away from all those feelings being so fresh, I can, I can listen to it and, and be okay with it. Does it give you a different perspective? Does it, you know, hearing it now, like you said, you, you know, making it, you're very close to it, but now that there's been some, some room and some air between it, you know, from making it to listening to it, do you, do you have a, uh, a different perspective? Is it just as heavy with, as it was before? Or, you know, does it allow you to kind of continue to heal through those moments that you had? Uh, the truth is, when I listen to it now, it's like those feelings uh, that that those songs came from are dulled down a little bit so that I can stand to hear it. But I don't really have a different perspective on it. I don't. I still feel very um, self-conscious about this album. And the only thing that is giving me encouragement is everyone else's reaction. I don't, I don't feel that confidence myself yet, even with those reactions, but that helps. It helps me to feel better about making the decision to put it out at least. When you think of this album, you know, with the other records that you've made, a lot of times when an artist makes an, a record, it is a timestamp of what's happening. You know, how do you define this album when you put it up against your previous solo albums? I don't really know how to do that. And and that's usually best for other people to tell me that because, I'm like I said, I'm too close to most, uh, I mean, to all of it because I, I play everything and I really live with it for a long time before it's released. Um, you know, I've heard the song so many countless times by the time it's finished, it's, it's, uh, unimaginable almost to have to listen to it again. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't tend to uh, think of things the way norm, the way people do normally when it comes to anything I'm doing musically. I, 
I just sort of uh, live day to day and whatever happens, happens. And I'm thankful for any good that comes. Is there a song that you listen to, you know, now that, um, you know, is it, is it a continuation of each song, but is there a song on the album for you that really kind of encapsulates everything you went through with this, with this album? I don't think any one song does because the album covers several different types of things in life. That's why it's called shades. Uh, but I think I nailed what I wanted to say in the, in the song best day in a while, because it's uh, describing true events and ashes. Also, um, I felt, I don't normally feel like when I finish writing a song, I don't normally feel like, okay, that is really what I wanted to say. Usually I just, if I can get it close, I'm happy. But on those two songs, I felt like I said exactly what I wanted to say and don't really have anything to add or take away from it. As you move forward, as we all move forward, what's next for you in terms of 2022 and, 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 uh, you know, into 2023? Well, uh, the next thing that we would like to see happen is, uh, Kings X get back out there touring again. Um, we're supposed to do a cruise in May and uh, we'll see. Hopefully that all works out. Um, there's this new variant taken off everywhere is going to uh, be something we're going to have to all watch and, you know, see, we've got another round coming, you know, and uh, it's going to be a big round uh, looking at all the stats and numbers from the last few days. It's going to be a real big round. So, uh, we're not done with this mess yet. And uh, timing wise, we'll just see, have to see how it all plays out, but we really want to get back out there playing. And as long as the world is ready for it and it's safe, uh, you know, for three old guys to be out there doing that, uh, we're going to get out there and play as soon as we can. And we have a new album uh, that there will be announcements about pretty soon. So uh, I, I can't really say much more about it, but, um, very, very happy with the new King's X album, and it'll be coming out. and And the plan is to tour a lot to promote that album. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating, you know, as a fan, and I can imagine, you know, for yourself as a musician to constantly wonder, you know, what what's going to happen because I, not everyone realizes how difficult it is to book a show and book a tour. And then midway through, either have shows canceled and during, you know, certain parts of the country or certain parts of the world or the whole thing just scrapped altogether. So it's it's not an easy thing. I mean, you know, when you're out there and you're going from city to city and the next one you go to is canceled and then the next one after that's canceled, but this one is OK, it puts a burden on the whole, you know, the band, the the, the crew, everything. And it's just, um, you know, the obviously being safe is the most important thing, but yeah, it's just these stops and starts, you know, I know for myself being a fan is difficult, but for you guys as well has to be a, a tremendous challenge. Well, it's a, it's a big financial risk because once you make the commitment to uh, say, for instance, we're supposed to do a lot of shows in October where we're going to, you know, have to go out with a tour bus and everything. Well, once you make the commitment to tour bus and stuff and, you have a huge amount of startup costs, which require you to do a bunch of shows to become profitable eventually. 
And so if you get out there and then things cancel because of sickness, you can bankrupt yourself. So it's a big uh, chance you take to go do a tour if the world's not ready and not to mention your own health. I mean, we're old guys and uh, with some health issues, you know, Jerry's uh, had some heart situations in the past and uh, he's healthy and good now, but nobody wants him to get COVID, you know? So there's a lot to consider um, still about it all, but I know that we three are very anxious to play and, and do the new album and if there's, uh, like I said, if the world is ready and there's any way to do it safely, we will be doing it. Well, I thank you for your time, Ty. And uh, I, I love the album. Uh, it's a fantastic record. It really is in a, an emotional journey. And whenever I see an artist or hear an artist do that, I always appreciate it because it's not easy to put yourself out there and, and kind of uncover all these emotions and put, put yourself on display for everybody. So uh, thanks for doing that. It's, it's a tremendous work of art. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. That's very kind. Thank you. Ty, it's been a great conversation. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Everyone, that is Ty Taver. Get his new album, Shades, out March 4th on Rat Pack Records. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. We went to the place where your mother and your father are laid. And we drove to the river, and that is where we stayed. Then you said, that was the best day I've had in a while, I do believe. That was the best day I've had in a while, I do believe. That was the best day I've had in a while, was the best day I've had in a while, that was the best achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. 
I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.